0: Hi, I'm Stephen, the host of Let's Go There, and I created this podcast because many of today's most critical issues are so filled with tension and polarization that most of us avoid them altogether. The result is that we miss out on opportunities for meaningful connection and progress, while the world's most pressing conversations are being carried by those least effectively having them. On this podcast, we take on tough conversations from a Christian perspective with nuance and respect so we can learn well love well and leave better because when we talk about tough issues with humility we grow together well hello and welcome to another episode of let's go there and part two of my conversation with jordy and nick about the conspiracy theory QAnon. And uh, initially we had one long conversation about this and ultimately we decided to go ahead and split it up into two podcasts. So if you haven't caught that first podcast, part one of this conversation, we talked uh, a little bit more in a broad sense about some of the the meta trends that are going on and and, and kind of how culturally QAnon became the phenomenon that it did and, and other conspiracy theories alongside it. Uh, But in today's episode, we got more into uh, a little bit more of a personal level of what could lead somebody down this path and what you could maybe do or how we can maybe respond to somebody we know who gets caught up in a conspiracy theory like QAnon. So here we go. One, two, three. Beautiful. Beautiful handsome. All right, well, we're Sorry. back. We're back. And just to take you behind the scenes a little bit, um <laughs> I got we got Jordy riled up a little bit with that last comment. You rustled my feathers. We rustled his feathers as Jordy thinks is a right thing to say that is in English.
1: We'll correct him later.
0: Uh, but uh we we kind of started talking a little bit about Christian nationalism off the mic and kind of like Christianity and pride of country and and where that all intersects and we just realized you know what this is gonna have to be a completely different podcast episode because there's so much there to unpack so right here this is your unpaid advertisement for our own show within this episode (laughs) come back to let's go there because we are going to do a future episode and we are going to talk all about that and it's going to be interesting and jordy has specifically promised that he is going to share a major revelation about his own personal life right that has to do with an American flag.
1: Multiple yes. ones.
0: Uh, and that's going to be coming on a future episode. But for now, we're going to jump back into our uh, our conversation about QAnon. And um, we, we've kind of spent a lot of time talking about... What?
2: Let's go back there. Let's go back there, Jordy says. <laughs> <To> QAnon. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no. edit that you <laughs> it in? I don't know.
0: <laughs> we're going to jump back into our conversation about QAnon. And I think we've talked a lot about, um, we've talked a lot about it maybe on more of a broad, like a meta level, like a culture level, like what's changing, what's happening in our culture. How did this, how did this get so big so fast? Um, Maybe to kind of move towards the end of this podcast for the purpose of our listeners um, being content (laughs) with the length of this episode. let's 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 bring it back down to an individual level and let's let's talk, talk about okay forget the movement at large let's talk about one person one person you know maybe there's a a, f- a friend of ours uh, for the purposes of this we can pretend we have a friend mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> this friend you know is su- like find themselves super into on or or like here's an example actually from real life um <laughs> nick is looking at me like i'm about to just out someone. <laughs> um, go for the bus like there was an article in the forum like yesterday. There was literally yesterday an article in the forum about a pastor from a town nearby um, who posted a video calling for armed militias to form and saying how he's expecting Trump to enact martial law and he'll be deeply disappointed if he doesn't. And how you know, and he's a pastor, pastor of a church, and. The the video you know at the time yesterday I already had like fifty thousand views okay so let's talk about that right so this is a pastor okay um, and and I think and this okay he's been serving leading his church I know nothing about this guy I know nothing about his church but I'm gonna make some assumptions here that a good portion of that has been like genuine faithful like service to his church in like um. You know, that I'm going to assume that, like, without knowing this guy's story, I'm going to assume that he's dedicated a lot of time to serving the Lord and and to pastoring his church. And now he's at a place where this is what he's known for. This is what he's, I mean, he's going public with. This is how he's leading his church. We're calling for martial law, right? So how do we understand what's going on to get him from, A place of of potentially faithful Christianity to where he is now and what how do we then respond like what should somebody do if their friend is in that situation you know how do we think about it and how do we respond as as fellow Christians or um yeah or just as Christians in general
2: I think the just as far as like Christians in general which was the second question but um, the Christians in general it, I think it's so important to just stay in the word mm-hmm. um, is the word in itself is is active and is powerful to rebuke it's another scripture that I can't remember the reference but the the um, sharper than a two-edged sword it like it will correct the word of the Lord and um, I was reading a book I was reading a book this week that was talking about scripture and that being God breathed and that it isn't like God breathed it once it's God is continuing to speak this that God didn't speak the word into existence and now we have it God is continuing to speak and as we read the word of the Lord the Bible is alive and active and it will rebuke and it will teach and it will correct Um, so it's important that we just stay in the word and that we're trusting the Bible first and foremost. Um, so that's answer to answer your second question. Um, your first question was we know someone that is
0: Yeah, just like how like what should our response be as a fellow Christian? You know, how should we how do we process this and, and, and if it was somebody that we knew personally, you know, sure. how do we maybe yeah. approach that?
2: Yeah, so I I think to answer that, um, you know, going back to scripture, like we're our, our call and our first our first and foremost, our mission is to to witness, to be witnesses, and then to make disciples. Um, so to go off of the exact same example, an armed militia is not a way to make disciples. It is not being a good witness of the love of Christ um so i think we need to be careful of like again defending our defending our country or defending what we believe to be true which is the gospel and what like you know what would jesus do what would what would jesus do like really ask yourself that question what would jesus do and be willing to have probably very difficult conversations with some people in your life maybe people that you love dearly and that you have been trying to avoid having this conversation with because of whatever reason but um you know i, th- I think it's pretty obvious to, to say that there's issues and that something does need to happen
0: yeah i think mm-hmm. it's so tricky though isn't it because like it doesn't really seem like it would end well or like be productive a lot of times right to try to have Like to try to convince somebody right like who's you know that's where they're at like you're not the first person they've they've heard who said you know are you sure about all that stuff like there's you know what i mean so like it's just that's that's just the challenging part like i think that (laughs) like on the one hand it feels like it's a responsibility that that would be like a faithful good thing to do to like speak the truth right to somebody I think that's important but it's like how do we approach that because are they gonna receive the truth <laughs> you know it yeah. just seems unlikely like th- we can't be the first people who are telling them the truth i mm-hmm. mean they're reading the bible theoretically or you know they're in a- some kind of a christian community so um i think that's i don't know any thoughts on that
1: no i mean i think it's a great question because it's it's so hard to answer <laughs> i mean like in reality and it and i think I think for us, like the scary part is like with our demographics we're we're white males evangelical in middle of America and majority of pe- QAnon supporters, that's their demographic too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's the scary reality that there could be plenty of people that we know that that are are in this right. area Probably in this are. realm. Yep. And so just to think of like how would i approach such a close friend with it is just how we, how would we approach people that that are living in i think in other sin because in reality this is a, a sin of, of of spreading spreading rumors spreading false testaments right and so i think it's just the same as as you would is just with love and it's not you're not trying to Convince them, I, I guess, in a in a, in a sense of, of, of persuading them, but you're trying to re re almost reinduce them to the, the relationship with Christ because it's so like they they are almost stepping away in a sense, yeah. they're starting to fall fall away from right. from the truth of the gospel and starting to fall into this this almost like a, a false prophet that's leading them, right. and we've seen that in the Bible, false prophets coming in. And, and the Bible talks about how to clear away from them. And and I think that's that's where we're at right now, is, is Q is almost turning into a false prophet to these people. And the yeah. best way to do it is continue just to love on them. And I know that's a cliche Christian thing to do, is just, just love on someone. But I mean, it, they, these people are dug deep in a lot of stuff and probably more with more knowledge of this stuff than we know. Mm-hmm. with how how passionate they are about it so they're they'll, they'll be they'll, they can beat you in arguments they could beat you in debates but i think the best thing we do is avoid debates avoid arguments and just be there yeah
0: and yeah i think it's, it's important to like i think it's another one of those examples where like we need to take a step back and just reflect on and remember like what is our role in this you mm-hmm. know like it's not necessarily our responsibility. And of course, all of this is contextual. It depends on what your relationship yeah. is with somebody. Right. Um, you know, if you're their best friend or their brother or something like that, you know, it may be a different situation. But then if they're just maybe somebody in your church, who you don't really know that well. Um, but just remembering like, we don't like, we're not called to, to solve things we can't solve. Like mm-hmm. we don't have to solve it. Yeah. Like, and that's the tension that I think we feel so often when somebody's stuck in any kind of um you know, issue, addiction, or, or or wrong thinking, or just like they're really struggling. Is like we want to be able to fix it, um, but we probably you know we don't really have that power necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so I think the question we need to be asking is like, what does it look for us like for us to be faithful in this situation? Mm-hmm. And then we can trust God like with the rest, right? God calls us to be obedient and faithful, and then trust Him with the rest. So I think we need to be like praying for people. Yeah. Um, like if, especially if you know somebody, you know, be praying for them obviously be praying for them and then like we do have an obligation to speak the truth um in love but that doesn't necessarily mean like oh that means you have to call them and call them out right like mm-hmm. yeah it, it, you know you don't lie you don't <laughs> fake it but like there may be ways to approach it that are um healthier And know mark sayers kind of recommended like this idea of socratic questioning which I then had to Google what Socratic (laughs) questioning is, but basically it just means like asking like kind of critical thinking type questions or just asking questions that help just kind of probe and, and get them thinking about how they got where they are. And so um, that may be a way where it's like, okay, you don't have to come out and just directly challenge them because they're just going to feel threatened. They're going to feel dismissed. They're going to feel like you're just another one of the enemies, you know, who's, who's not taking them seriously. It's probably just going to be frustrating for them um but you may be able to help them i mean certainly like prayer we all believe in and know the power of prayer but like also through just um a gentle conversation where it's not me teaching you it's just like me asking you questions and and, and kind of just using that to help maybe bring to light some inconsistencies here or there
2: yeah mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because i think one of the things that i i took a, a class on um like very base level pastoral care slash counseling. And the main thing from that class that I took was like, your goal is to get someone to turn their chair toward you. And if I, if we go into a conversation, like you're wrong for all of these reasons, aggressive, like, you know, like Bible thumping kind of thing, <laughs> like they're not going to turn their chair toward us. They're not going to give us the time of day but if we like are asking questions, and like you said, that like the gentle conversation, doing it in love, um, you know, going with grace, backed by truth, of course, but going with grace, then, and you can get the chair turned toward you, then you can actually have conversation. And if the, um, you know, it comes out of relationship rather than preaching.
0: Yeah. I think a lot right along with this all is like an important tool in that um it's just to like have empathy like to remember um you know that that's a person you know with this like that that there's things going on behind the scenes that that may have led this person to be vulnerable to this Mm -hmm. you know And it's like you had kind of said as we opened the podcast like There's gotta be a base level of mistrust somewhere. And when you said that, I actually just went and revisited this um, screenshot I took on my phone from the article in World Magazine about this. Um, It it said the family members and friends of QAnon followers know and love them. They know what the backstory is that caused them to distrust the medical, political, or media establishment, and they understand why QAnon is appealing. People I interviewed wanted to make sure their loved ones were portrayed with compassion and respect. And I think that's just so important for us to to remember because that is genuinely something that I, I always struggle with. Is like, how do you even? Sometimes you get a, like you see something like that article about the pastor and what he's saying, and some of these things they just seem they just come across so so ridiculous that it, it can be hard to wrap your head around. Like, how did somebody get to that place? And and it can be easy in that moment to just assume like wow like this person must just not have the level of intelligence that i do (laughs) you know what i mean like like how could somebody possibly fall for this you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's so easy um it's so easy to to judge and to just like have like not be able to kind of comprehend but um pastor michael bloom um at relevant life church here in moorhead he gave a, a sermon uh a handful of weeks ago that just really stuck with me where he talked about like how important it is to remember the roots. Like, remember people have roots. Like, if you're trying to move a tree, like, you're not going to be able to move that tree because it has roots that are going deep down into the ground. And so, like, you can't try to move that tree. You have to just pray that God can do what only God can do. But also just, like, remembering, like, those roots. Like, we all have roots. We all have a story. We all have a background. There may be, who knows? You know, there could be mm-hmm. trauma that goes back decades. There could be, um, you know, so much that could be going behind that, that, that led that person in the, in the first place to begin to be vulnerable to this. And then once you're vulnerable to it, then there's so many things that can happen. Confirmation bias, echo chambers, people are actively trying to take advantage of people who are vulnerable to this and get them into it. And so um, I think we just need to have empathy and compassion for people who have found themselves kind of deep in this well.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a, a I came across a passage in 2 Timothy today as I was looking over some stuff. Um, So it's 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 1, says, I I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing by his appearing in in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Mm -hmm. For the time is coming when, when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from the listening to the truth and wander off into myths. And then verse five, it says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your mission or fulfill your ministry, sorry. Um, so when I read that, obviously like, that all feels like it just plays right into this conversation but the thing that i that i underlined or the thing that i wanted to emphasize um and i think this goes right along with this conversation we're having right now is um verse five it says for you be sober-minded mm-hmm. so what do you think that looks like for as, as a christian as we're going through this like how can how would you give someone a, advising them to be sober-minded
0: yeah that's a great question i'm mm-hmm. gonna come back to that but do you mind? Because when you were reading that scripture, um, something else struck me that I, that I out of that. Can you just go back to the part about exhorting, but with patience? Can you read that yes. one more time?
2: That's uh, verse 3 for those of you following along at home. Uh, <laughs> for the time is coming. Nope, 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 nope. Verse 2. Mm-hmm. It's verse, verse 2, two. Verse for right. those of you that it's are following that along. back up a little home. bit. <laughs> um, it says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching
0: isn't that just like so rare (laughs) like doesn't it feel like we're kind of almost told that that like there's two factions like there's two choices you're either um like the faction that's like truth like rebuke exhort like we cannot back down like we have to tell Mm, we have to call out sin, right and then on the other hand there's like like patience love tolerance like um you know it's okay if this person believes what, you know, that, like, we just have to love them through it. Right. And it almost feels like there's like, you have to choose, mm-hmm. but like, that's not like that's polarization. I mean, that's a false dichotomy, right? Like Christians are called to be in the mess in the middle. Like, that's so tough with mm-hmm. Christians are called to be in the mess in the middle where it's like, you have to speak the truth, but you have to do it literally with complete patience, like, yeah. with complete patience. That's so tricky to do. And it's not, it's not simple and straightforward. Like, just fighting for truth all the time is kind of simple and straightforward. Like, okay, what's the truth? Boom, just pound that through. Just like tolerating and just being okay with, like, just love, leaving everyone be and just letting them live their own life. Like, that's straightforward. But like, that's messy in the middle. Like that tension in the middle. That's like the tough place that we're called to be. Yeah,
2: and and I don't want to go too far down this, but I, I, I can just feel people thinking, like. The example, I think it's in Matthew, of like church punishment. It's mm. so, like talk to someone and then bring oh, someone yeah. with you, bring them to the church and then treat them as Gentiles if like none of that works. I my understanding of that is that is specifically if they're doing something harming the church. Sure. That's yeah. not necessarily that they don't agree with you. Like or it right. isn't that they don't agree right. with you. Right. It right. is sure. definitely not that they don't agree with you. But so when it says to like complete patience if there's like someone actually harming the body of Christ right. that's different right mm-hmm. but if it's just like someone is really pro Trump <laughs> right. that that isn't like church punishment situation right that mm-hmm. is of course teach with patience right. rebuke yeah. with patience
0: right right and just to clarify you know, we, you wouldn't rebuke somebody just for being pro-Trump, of course. Thank you, Steph. Um, but I think I understand. I think hopefully our listeners understand the yeah. association you're making. Out of, like, turn out. Yeah, the places where that goes too far and becomes kind of something else. But, if not at me. Huh? <laughs> if not at Jordy. <laughs> actually, just cancel this whole thing. <laughs> cancel <laughs> us all. Um,
1: cancel culture. That's, that's amen. Right.
0: There's another episode. The <laughs> um, but, but to come back to your other question. Yes. Um, and we'll kind of move sort of towards a conclusion I mean I always I always keep doing this like when I record my podcast where I I um I try to like signal that we're towards the end but the reality is like the listener knows because there's a timestamp yeah so like I could oh, say like true. oh yeah we're kind of like moving into our last point and they're like really because it says there's 17 minutes left right. you know so yeah I'm not I'm just gonna move never on never thought of that
1: <laughs>
0: to, to talk about being sober-minded I think that's really um that's really a good place for us to kind of End it here, which is um, I read a book called Reappearing Church by Mark Sayers. I keep bringing Mark Sayers' um, name up. Jordy made an expression like somebody recommended that book it to was, me recently. It was Stephen. It was me. <laughs> uh,
2: I've been trying to figure out who recommended that book to me, <laughs> actually. That's why I made that face. <laughs>
0: Uh and it was so good it was like so influential. Honestly, it was probably the most influential book I read in 2020 for me personally. It's the only book in 2020 I read twice. Um wow. Wow. And it's just so good, it's so clarifying of like um our world like we live in an anxious world. We live in an anxious culture and like getting more and more anxious. And what the world needs in an incredible way that we can fulfill our purpose of reflecting the image of God is to be a peaceful presence in our anxious world, to be a non-anxious presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and it really all comes back to like spending time with God. Like spending time in God's presence, worshiping God, praying, spending time with other believers, being encouraged, reading the Bible, like those things like they fill us with the God's presence with us. And then like that enables us to be able to reflect that out to people around us because it gives us that presence perspective. It gives us that wider perspective of like, okay. There's more going on here than just this moment I'm in right now. Like we can, we can zoom out and we can see all of history and church history in the future. And like, (laughs) you know, and then we can't see the future and we can't see all of history. So, that was a little misleading but oh. what i'm trying to say is we can zoom out right and we can right. look at okay there was the old testament and then there was jesus and then there was the early church and and we've seen incredibly crazy things happen before that have affected christianity and have polluted christianity i mean think about christendom and uh the the, the crusades mm-hmm. right and yeah. you think about like i read um a few years ago the uh, a biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and I was just so struck by like how corrupt the church was like I mean the German church um was completely complicit in Nazism but then even like when Bonhoeffer went briefly to study in the United States like he had it was so hard for him to find a church that was preaching like that the bible was the word of God like I mean it was just crazy and so there's been periods before where things have seem to go, to go awry and in, in, in the world and in church. Mm-hmm. Like, even where the church is just, like, seemingly, like, a lot of the church has gone corrupt. But, like, a consistent theme in the Old Testament, that the people of Israel, when Israel got itself into trouble, it's a theme that Jesus shared about the church he was, you know, about how he was starting a new movement when he came. And it's been a theme throughout since, is that when there's something that goes corrupt, in the church widespread, like God always establishes like a remnant. Like there's always a faithful remnant. Like inside of the bigger body, there's those who are remaining faithful, who are remaining prayerful, who are remaining obedient. And God takes that and he uses it to start something new or to start the next wave of like renewal and revival and like birth something more beautiful and new. Like you think about the reformation, you think about the great awakening, like these great, Movements. They always started with like a faithful remnant that just spent time in God's presence and was able to just bring that non-anxious presence out to the world around them. And so I think that's, I mean, that's the answer to your question, like being sober minded, like yeah. it's just perspective. You get right. that presence perspective and then you can walk into uh, situations that seem really overwhelming, whether it's personal or cultural, like it can be really overwhelming but when you have that broader perspective you can be like the non-anxious voice in the room you know that's able to kind of step back and just bring peace to it
1: yeah
2: yeah really well said that is good it made me it made me think of um last year i read it's called if if you feel too much by mm. jamie turkowski it was one of one of 10 books that i read once in 2020 <laughs> um <laughs> but uh something that that you just made me think of again there with being sober-minded and like being the non-anxious presence. Um, Something that really stuck out to me in that book, which which is all about like stepping into um, anxiety, stepping into depression, like helping people through that. Um, He said, you know, take someone that has only known lies and tell them one thing that's true. So... Like someone who is anxious, someone who is like following, like going down this path of like really scary things to believe, like just start with something undeniably true, Mm -hmm. which is Christ, something that is undeniably true, which is our salvation and the hope and the peace that comes from Christ, rather than trying to like convince that. The Democrats aren't demonic or convinced that like Donald Trump's not all bad. Like, go with something undeniably true, which is Christ.
0: Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. One last thing I want to kind of share here for the tenth last thing that we share. Hey, final point. Final point. <laughs> I'm such a pastor. Oh my gosh.
2: Land the plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I had this. Um, you know somewhere between my own thought and a word from the Lord right you know (laughs) somewhere in that murky like (laughs) as I was thinking and praying about this I got clarity on it okay that's all I know
2: that's a really good way to say it
0: Um, and it was I was reflecting on I was trying to wrap my head around this thing we were just talking about a few minutes ago like trying to wrap my head around how somebody um, a Christian in particular could find themselves so far down this path and like to the point where it's like, man, it's, it's unrecognizable, it's ugly. It just doesn't, it looks so, so, so different from the picture of what it would look like to reflect the image of God and from the picture of what Jesus calls us to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mind went to this concept that N.T. Wright talks about in his book, The Day the Revolution Began. Ren T. Wright talks about how, like, he really kind of proposes that sin, like, all of sin is really almost like a second order problem. And, like, the root of all sin is idolatry. Because, like, we were created as humans to reflect the image of God. And, like, as Christians, we're stepping into that. We're stepping into our purpose and saying, we want to serve you. We want to follow you. And we want to reflect that out to the world around us. Of course we screw it up all the time and we're terrible at it because we're human still, but like Mm -hmm. that's our purpose, right? Mm -hmm. To experience and reflect the image of God. Um, And one day we get to see new creation where everything is made new and, and we get to experience his presence all the time. But, idolatry is when we worship something else in the place of God idolatry is when we put something else in a place that God belongs. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different ways that we can do that because there's so many different ways, places where God belongs. Right. And so there's a sense in which idolatry, it takes us off course of who we truly are. Like it, if our, if true humanness is reflecting God, and now we're looking to something else and we're reflecting something else, we become less like truly human in the sense of like truly what we're what we're meant to be and we're created for, right? Dang. And I think like, applying that concept to this situation, and this is a warning, like this can be a warning for all of us, because we can all be here, and this is the route that eventually ends in QAnon and in whatever other extremist ugliness it could be on the left. Just as easily as it could be on the political right,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when political ideology becomes political idolatry, mm-hmm. like when some when it when it has a place that God's supposed to have in your heart, maybe it's your identity is in it. Maybe it's your hope is in it. You're hoping that it will create the new world that 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 will be beautiful, and that you'll you know
2: yeah.
1: your
0: hope is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe your community is coming from it like those relationships we're meant, like we're we're established to be the body of Christ together as the church, maybe that's where you're getting your relationships from. Like there's all these different ways in which our political ideology can actually fulfill the role that God was meant to fulfill. And that means we're giving away part of our soul to something that was meant to be for God, right? Like we're supposed to be worshiping God and reflecting his image. And instead there's something else in that place. And like we give away some of our power to it. Like we give away some of self to it and I think that helps you understand how people can start to go down this track, because if that goes unchecked, then like more and more of our soul is like, is vulnerable to the power that that idol has in our heart. Yeah. So like more and more of ourselves starts to be consumed by our political ideology without us even really realizing it, because we're giving some of, we give, we gave power away to it, right? Like by putting it in a place that God deserved, like, it started to eat away at what we were, at our humanness, at what we were made for. Yeah. And like, it's in control now, right? And so then it can just kind of take you further and further and further down that path until like what's left is unrecognizable. Like you no longer see what you would think of as a Christian should look like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that's what's happening. I think that's a good warning for all of us, not just in political ideology, but in anything that can be an idol, right? It's like, yeah that can happen to anyone that can happen to and it honestly it for almost everyone it happens at some point in their life maybe multiple times (laughs) right where something gets power we all have idols that we have to be aware of and and fight against and when, when one goes unchecked for too long it starts to corrupt who we are until we become unrecognizable and we don't even really realize how we got here and i think that's what's happening with with things like QAnon and far-right conspiracies in the church.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I think when you talked about um, just the fact that that we sometimes will we'll put God in one spot and we say he's he's king in that area, but in that area and then we have like political a political area of our life. And then God's not king of that area. but He is king in this area. I think that I'm really glad you brought that up. because I feel like that's, that's, that's so easy for for anybody and everybody to fall into, to a trap like that. And that, and then what's going to take that spot? King is the is the thing that it's supporting is the is the politicalness or and the conspiracies and all that that line up with it. Um, And just one little crack in, in, in a mirror can shoot the whole mirror off. If, and if we're called to reflect God, if we have this one little crack, obviously it's going to create this whole whole big problem. Um, and I think that that is a scary thought for a lot of people. That, that a lot of people go through. And I think it's it, if if it's left unchecked, if we we have all these other areas that God isn't king of, and then we have all these cracks, and we're not going to be able to be what we're called to be, and what the purpose of our of our of our existence is. Um, so I think that's that's really important to to check yourself um where you're at right now and i think like all of us i mean all of us even all of us in this room we we check that we make we we, we should check that every day Absolutely. um but even people that that are just I, I mean even like newer newer christians i guess you'd say could could check that or mm-hmm. and all that but i think that's that's incredible that's a super good point to bring up
0: jordy any closing thoughts
1: the uh my closing
2: thought was that book
0: you want to go read that book
2: no sorry <laughs> the my last thing about bleeding with truth. oh you one thing that thought. was my closing thought i i <laughs> just i didn't indicate you closed before us yeah i closed first
0: well this conversation has been so um, good you guys been really, really <laughs> and uh um Man, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we had to extend it into two parts. That's that's intense, guys. So oh, that's that's. <laughs> um, and here's the conclusion, I guess, that we'll just kind of leave it with. It sounds like
1: conclusions. How, conclusion. That we kind
0: of went, which is like, man, spend time in the presence of God, like, and from yeah. that, be a peaceful presence, and be on the lookout for things that are holding the place that God was meant to have in your heart, because that's a dangerous thing that 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 we want to check.
2: Yeah yeah Ooh, sorry and here's the real clo- <laughs> here's the real closing George. um if you if you're listening to this and you are feeling conviction you're feeling tension um don't let that fill you with shame but also don't let that seclude you like don't seclude yourself from community yeah you know so good find someone talk to them that can be us most people that listen to this podcast are people that we know well, um, but don't let it fill you with shame if you're feeling conviction. Don't let it um, don't let it pull you away or draw you out of community. I mean, there are things that that Stephen and Nick said that convicted me. Like that's part of that's part of the beauty of our faith is that we're just continuing continually growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: well, thanks for listening, guys. Hope this has been as encouraging for you as it was for me i doubt it because it was super encouraging for me not because i don't think that you could have been encouraged by it
2: steph's just the best at being encouraged yeah i'm so good at
0: being really good at being blessed (laughs) too blessed to be depressed that's right all right love you guys catch you next episode